Praise the Lord. I want to thank the Lord for another opportunity we have to continue this series of studies. And the topic before us today is one in which I have changed the title many times. While I strongly believe the message is what God will have us to communicate at this time, the struggle of keeping the title short has led me uh, to multiple changes. Albeit, uh, these are the things I believe God would have us to communicate, and I've put it in the form of a letter. Dear parents, the world has changed since you grew up. Our children are growing in a largely different world than we did. This change is pervasive and continues exponentially. To a very large extent, they threaten many of the rule-based system that we use in raising our kids. But there is a good news, which is that while the world has changed a lot and continues to change, God and his truth never change. And we as parents, we do well to establish the arts of our young ones on the unchanging God and his words, lest we lose all the virtues we claim to have invested in our children as time, seasons, and the world changes. Let us pray. Our Father, bless your name for the privilege we have to come to you once again. We pray that you illuminate our hearts and give us understanding in your word. Equip us to raise our young ones as kingdom citizens, even in these difficult times that we are in, that they would grow to bring glory to your holy name and become heirs of the grace of life. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you will please join me as we read a couple of passages to establish true scriptures, the changing world, and the unchanging God. But before we go knee-deep into that, I want to start with the book of Hebrews. So I will ask you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, and I will read from verses 8 and 9. Hebrews 13, 8 and 9. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever, be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the art be established with grace, not with meat, which have not profited them that have been occupied daring. If you look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, the Bible says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. You know, when we talk about change, what we mean is a movement in one direction or the other. This direction can be either positive or negative. And you can tell that while the world has changed and continues to change, both positively and negatively, and sometimes positive change with negative applications, a lot of things in the world have become better. Take, for example, the ease of communication and transportation, amongst others. But we have also seen the negative impact of communication in the ease of diffusion of evil. But for the world, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 31, And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. If permitted to emphasize the word fashion in that text, 1 Corinthians 7, 31, we just read a little bit, 
It is a word believed to be borrowed from the theater, where the scenes change and present a new appearance. It means the habit, instead of fashion, the habit, the figure, the appearance of the world pass it away. And you will see the use of pass it away. It is the present continuous, meaning it passes and it continues to pass. So you see, the world we live in is in a continual state of flux, very transient. What is true today may not be true tomorrow, and what is fact today may not remain fact tomorrow. The book of Psalms, chapter 39, verse 6 says, Surely man walketh in a vain show. Wow, what a use of what? Vain show. That is, in an image amidst the faint and vanishing appearances of things. But while that is true about the world, this is not true about God. And it is not true about God's words. You see, that text we read earlier on says, I am the Lord, I change it not. For God to change, it will mean that it either becomes better or worse. And God is ultimate perfection. He cannot change because he cannot be better than he is already. And he cannot fail or become less than perfect. So he cannot go from good to bad. Neither can he go from good to better. God's quality is perfect and is never changing. He is immutable. Now, you would ask that what is the relevance of this to the matter of godly instruction and raising children? This is it. We cannot base the instruction of our children on some set of rules and regulation that is based on what we see in the world today. The world, as we see around us today, is a moving target. And it will throw us and the children into unnecessary confusion. When we anchor the training of our children on the unchanging, immutable God, we can be rest assured that it is firm and cannot change. That whatsoever happens in the world around us, God still remains the same. And what is true about what we taught them can still remain true. If I give an example, there was a time when we were growing up, we were told that some things were wrong and sinful. But over time, what was wrong there became commonplace. And then the same people who said something was wrong begin to imbibe exactly the same thing they said was wrong because the world changed. So God does not live in time. Time is subject to change. But God does not change. And what a privilege as a Christian parent we have to know God and to anchor the training of our young ones on God and God alone. And take, for example, the matter of having a television set in the home. The belief in some setting was that having or owning a television was a sin. And this was primarily due to the time and types of addictive content it promoted. Now, with good intentions, those that said that asked their followers and believers generally to stay away from it because of the competing influence on spiritual growth and development and how it could lure people to carnality. Truly, I believe that a Christian that is serious about God will spend more time with God, just as anyone serious about his studies or studies will spend more time studying. Now, you and I know that this has changed significantly, and people do not even need the television sets to actually view content. Today, you have the personal computers, you have telephones, that the same content that you could have viewed on the television can be purely seen on a personal computer or a personal phone. Then we cannot say that people should not use a telephone or a personal computer because it is a sin as a result of those contents. Are you following now? Also, many years ago, and perhaps more recently, 
in many holiness believing settings. There were codified do's and don'ts around holiness. These rules were largely based on external conducts, rights, like where you go, what clothes or air you do, what choices you make, what you have if you have a television set, how you spend your time, like going to the cinema, etc. I mean, those things we have come to associate with Christian or holy living. Now, in these settings, you often find people say it is a sin for a Christian to do this or that, watch this or wear that. So you oftentimes will have an unwritten or written checklist, usually legislated by church leaders or pastors. While all these have genuine intents and of course proved effective, especially in providing guidance and protection for young children while they are still under training and tutelage until they come to the knowledge and understanding of God through faith. However, there is a couple of problems we have come to see with this approach over the years. Many parents tend to focus solely on these rules and hold on to it for too long, never really helping the young ones to come to the knowledge of God. Sometimes we make the mistake that when a child conforms strictly to those set of rules, we approximate that to being born again and do not think that there is a need to establish such a child in sound faith through grace. As a matter of fact, a number of times some of us perhaps even praise the children and use them as role models prematurely to other children that are not conforming well to the rules. And unknown to us, while we think we have a born-again youth, child, we simply have a conforming moralist. You know, sometimes even the children themselves may think they're born again. And this is the mistake I've seen in many Christian environments with different Christian parents, assuming that a well-behaved, well-quote-unquote conformed child is necessarily saved because they abide by all the godly rules that we have set. Now, the problem with this approach of keeping our children under the set of godly rules without bringing them to, or at least helping them to come to some knowledge of faith in Christ Jesus in due season, is that as a child grows up, they get educated. After all, you sent them to school. And of course, with proper education comes curiosity, and they begin to question some of the rules they have been given the logic, validity, the feasibility, and the practicability in the context of the facts that the world presents to them in their own time and not in the context of faith. They begin to appear holes in the structure of the holiness rules and regulations that you have built and maintained through obedience, trust, and in some cases, control. And once they begin to raise and question and cannot substantiate any one of the rules that you have given them, and cannot find a direct proof in the scripture. Maybe you have heard a young person, a child, saying, is it really in the scripture? Show me where it is in the Bible. And many times you don't have anyone to even answer the questions or give the right perspective or maybe the logical answer they are looking for, as many of us fail to do. Do you know what happens next? There is a total breakdown of the trust system. They simply lose faith in the whole system. They then choose to take caution to the wind, further perpetrated by their brain telling them that they can now take control of their lives. They hone themselves and so on. You see, for a few, this system of obedience worked all along until they begin to reason on their own. And when they spot the logical holes, but they are still under our control, they begin to say they can't wait to go to college. They can't wait to turn to 16 or 18. You know what that is? The age you lose control as a parent based on the rules of your land. Are you following me, please? Even when it appears we have a grip over them, they want to go to school elsewhere. Where your grip 
your control will not reach them. Now, when time changes and those things we have come to believe cannot hold true, we lose the purpose. So, for those among them who are okay with the holiness rules we have laid down, you can trust that the one who took Mother Eve, you know Mother Eve, right? Who took her from a realm of obedience or faith to a realm of sight and reasoning based on sights is waiting at their campus gates. Is waiting in the classroom. Is waiting when they lie down on their bed in the dormitory or perhaps before they get to college. And he's saying to them, did God really say? Did God really say this? And raising the questions in their hearts. Sometimes, as they did to our Lord Jesus Christ, might even distort the scripture. Distort their understanding of the scripture and say what the scripture never said. So if we come back to our text, yeah, the Bible says, for it is a good thing that the art be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have occupied therein. So the meat we are referring to here are the external form of religion which I have been referring to based on do's and don'ts, based on rights, based on customs, based on um, agreed rules. You see, these rules are good when the art is already established in God. But when even we as adults focus on the rules and neglect the life that is powering the purpose of the rules, our religion becomes mechanical. And at that time, it is only a caricature that will hold no substance when the billow rose. You see, it is important that we note that adherence to the rules and rights cannot make one perfect because no external rights and rules touch the soul. They are external and they remain external. A little one that the Bible says in Romans chapter 14 verse 17 that for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not about what you eat or what you drink, but it's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Having said this, like in the case of the television example, the real value of the material or external system of rule is in the spiritual truths that it carries. As a parent, we would do well to emphasize the spiritual truths once our children are coming to some understanding and begin to tell them, do you know why we don't do this? Do you know why we don't do that? Give them the understanding and help them to come to the understanding of the spiritual truths. Now, seeing that God does not change, his principles and words don't either. And with the Holy Spirit, the right application of God's word would ever come in handy in times of questions and temptations. This is why the scripture establishes that it is a good thing that his art be established with grace. This grace comes with a true knowledge of God. The Bible says grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Finally, we must not forget that God is a spirit and that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We cannot overemphasize that kingdom instruction becomes inefficient when we reduce it to formalities and outward actions, a matter of posture and garments and rights and rules and services and self-restraints. We must encourage our young ones to seek God and do everything to help them during their formative years to develop a sound scriptural basis and understanding, knowledge of God's word and God's principles. It is only the Holy Scriptures that has the inherent capability to make anyone wise unto salvation. I trust God that he would help us to revisit this matter in the next episode. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you once again for showing us in your word the import of establishing the arts of our young ones in grace and not in rules, rights, garments, or external shows of righteousness based on the knowledge of the world we have come to know today, but rather to emphasize 
you and your word alone through the help of the Holy Spirit. Our prayer is that you would help us as many that desire in the heart. First to be established in knowledge and to raise our children as well in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen.